Welcome to week two of the NFL action. Gotta take a minute to put you on this absolute premium gas off Amazon. Uh, probably a top two item on Amazon right now, and it's not two. Unfortunately, it doesn't have a motor to keep that thing spinning all the time, but I'm I'm working on that. I'm going to be in the lab tomorrow. Uh, this will be great for the audio-only audience. That's great facts. Segment. You're missing out on a uh, god-awful-looking necklace that I bought on Amazon because <laughs> I'm a degenerate. All right. Speaking of degeneracy, let's talk about fantasy football for an hour. Uh... Tampa Bay Bucks. This is a week two slate. Going into New Orleans, who owns Tom Brady when he's wearing red. Luke, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, in this game, and we'll like I said later, we'll go into it. I don't think you play Brady here. He's played terrible against New Orleans. He hasn't won a game. So for me, you just don't play Brady. And but like anyone else, you can play. Their defense, Leonard Fournette. Uh, Mike Evans, even Julio Jones, if he's playing, I would play everybody um, against a lackluster team in New Orleans. Um, and then you go on the New Orleans side, you have Jameis, you have Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, even Jarvis Landry. I think you sit everybody. Kamara's going to be limited this week. He's coming off an injury, apparently. He might not even play this week. So if he plays, I don't think you play him at all and same with Jameis I mean they went against the Falcons he didn't look too bad but the Falcons pass defense besides AJ Terrell isn't really there so I would keep an eye on that and I wouldn't be playing Jameis yeah it's pretty crazy I, I like we saw last week it seems like they have three receivers and a running back that are that are completely startable at this point um Julio looked like the old Julio. I mean, he even got injured, so you got the full experience. I mean, what more could you ask for? Um, uh, one of the most highly viewed games of the week, I'm certain, uh, the Jets and the Browns. Uh, who's going to be the worst organization this week, Allie? Well, with the teams being led by Brissett and uh, Joe Flacco, I'm, I'm not sure either one is... It's going to win. Maybe it'll just be both teams will lose for once. Um, you know, Cleveland had a great game on the ground great game on the ground last week, so I think either Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb are both good starts. Um, the Jets, you know, there was they were low scoring against them on the run, but they played the Ravens who um who had their RB1 out. So I I think it's not not too much of a risk playing running backs even though they did okay against the run last week. Um, Jets were pretty weak on the throw against Lamar, but I don't think there's any wide receivers I'd be super excited to start in Cleveland. So, um, and I just really wouldn't start anyone on the Jets. Yeah, uh, Cleveland did give up a, a, a long bomb to Bateman, so maybe I'm sorry, the Jets gave up a long bomb to Bateman, so maybe a guy like Peoples Jones is is passable. Uh, that seems like that would that would go to him if if possible, but. Um, yeah, I don't think you're feeling too good about it or that that's your first option. Um, Dolphins going into Baltimore. Caleb, what do you got? Yeah, first off, uh, you know, Miami looked pretty good last week on the defensive side of the ball. They were the second best defense against quarterbacks after week one. But um, you look at who they played, uh, Mac Jones, he's just a terrible quarterback. 
Um, so I'm still starting Lamar if I've got him. Uh, they're also a very good defense. They're number one against wide receivers, uh, so I'd be careful with Baltimore's um, wide receivers, which is already like kind of a thin group to begin with, but um, I'd be careful playing Bateman. If you scooped up Duvernay uh, off the waiver wire or something, I'd be careful playing him. Um, looks like J.K. Dobbins might play, but I'm sitting him until I see that he can handle a full workload. Um, so Andrews and Lamar are really the guys I'm starting uh, on the Baltimore side. Um for Miami, I'm sitting Mike Gesicki. I know he's a big red zone target, but he only saw one target last week, um, which just for me isn't doable um, at the tight end position. Miami receivers, I'm playing Tyreek. I'm playing Waddle if I got him, obviously. Um, and Miami's defense might be a low-key, uh, sneaky good play this week. Um, last week they scored 20 against New England, uh, and they scored 20 against the Ravens um, last time these teams played. So uh, might want to take a look at them. Yeah, I think we touched on this, you know, already a couple times, but it seems like the Miami backfield is probably just a stash at this point. Are you, are you agreeing with that? Yeah, like I thought Chase Edmonds was poised to have, um, you know, kind of a big year, and obviously we're only one week into the season here, but so far that hasn't really materialized. I have no interest in playing Raheem Mostert. Um especially like if Edmonds can't get going, there's no reason to put him in your lineup. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like Miami's going to, you know, attack you through the air for the most part. Tyreek Hill had something ridiculous, like a 40% target share or something last week. So like, I love that as a Tyreek Hill owner, but yeah, to your point, like on the ground, it just doesn't look like Miami's um, a team where you're going to really find anything at this point in the season. Yeah, I think uh you know, I think you got to give Tua and Tyreek a couple weeks together, you know, playing at that high level to see if they can really establish that connection, but certainly in week 1 you didn't see you know, if Tua is going to be able to get him the ball the way he needs to get the ball, um it, it didn't happen in week 1. So that's really what that offense is going to going to depend on going forward in my opinion. Um Another game that probably won't be a lot of offense, uh, the Pats and the Steelers would have been a barn burner about five five years ago. Big game, maybe an AFC championship game, but uh, probably not this year. Allie, what do we got in Pittsburgh this week? Yeah, you know, with these teams matched up, it's always an interesting game. For I mean, they're not in the same division, but they sure do act like rivals most of the time, at least when Tom Brady was there. From the quarterback position, you know, we're looking at Mitch and Mack, and they, they couldn't really seem to get anything started last week. The Steelers had a great first half, but whatever adjustments the Bengals made, the Steelers couldn't seem to couldn't seem to figure it out. So, you know, Bill Belichick's always making those second-half adjustments, and I'm not sure that the Steelers are going to be able to figure that out. So, um, not that anyone was really thinking about starting Mitch or Mack, but I'd probably keep them on, on the bench for now. Um, you know, Matt... Mac and the Pats, they looked the same. They couldn't really get the run game started or the pass game going anywhere. Um, last week, the Steelers, I know I played them in one league, played against them in one league, and they put up a lot of points. They put up 25 points last week against Burrow, Chase, and Mixon. But this week, they have TJ Watt out. So, you know, if you have a second defense, maybe throw them in there this week just so we see what the Steelers look like without TJ Watt. 
some other key players to watch. I know in a bunch of leagues, Najee went really high playing with a foot injury this week, so he's probably going to be split in time with Jalen Warren. Didn't see a lot from him last week. You know, he had a couple big blocks, but didn't really carry it a ton. So we'll have to see what comes from him, but um, really probably wouldn't start either of those players. On the Pats side, Ty Montgomery got moved to IR. That leads for Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. But those two combined for less than 10 points last week, so I'd, I'd keep them on the bench as well. Um, wide receivers and tight ends, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, he had a great week last week, so I would kind of keep any anyone from New England, you know, Devontae Parker, I'd keep them all on the bench. And same thing with the Steelers. I mean, the tight ends, they seem to be split in time between Pat Fryermuth and and Zach Gentry, so neither of them are going to get a ton of points. Um, wide receivers couldn't seem to get down the field last week before the line started collapsing on the Steelers. So I think, I think if you have either of these teams, the answer is just wait this one out. Yeah, you're looking at two teams that basically couldn't get anything going on on offense last week. I mean, the Steelers didn't do anything well on offense. They can't throw the ball to open up the run game. They can't run the ball to open up the pass game. So. Um, I'm steering clear. I it's not as if I drafted a lot of Steelers, um, anyways. But um, next up, we got the Redskins Commanders football team against the Lions. Um, another game that actually might not be that bad this year. Um, Washington gave up the eighth most points to running backs last week. Um, obviously, Swift is a start um, if you are really love you know, running running backs out there that get you two yards to carry. Um, Jamal Williams is, is going to be your go-to guy. Guaranteed did not get more than five yards on a single carry. But, uh, you know, Dan Campbell loves to feed him when it counts and you know, screw me over. Um, Washington only gave up four points to tight end. That was Evan Ingram. So, uh, I don't know if that counts. Um, Hawkinson is probably somebody you're still running out there um, just because what we saw in week one at tight end was wild. I mean, you could have, I could I could see making an argument for switching to tight end premium after week one. Um, it was just that abysmal. Um, they did really well. Washington did really well against the QB. That was Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence are probably more alike than they are different. Um, I would say golf is not streamable this week if you were thinking about it, which I don't think you were. Um, Detroit defense on the other side of the ball, they gave up 38 points to the Eagles in week one. Um, they let Hurts and any running back that the Eagles had that they could find to pick up, um, just run it down their throat. They all scored touchdowns. Um, all the obvious guys here for Washington seem seem to be playable here. Uh, they were, surprisingly, they were strong against the wide receiver as long as your name wasn't A.J. Brown. Um, they only gave up one catch to a wide receiver that wasn't A.J. Brown. Devonta Smith had no catches. Um, I'd, I'd be careful with those wide receivers um, in, in Washington. Dotson... Um, you know, we'll talk about him later, but uh, it still seems a little bit risky for me. Um, but, you know, I could definitely see see you taking a chance on a guy like that. Um, but also worth noting, the Eagles receivers didn't see a lot of targets that weren't named A.J. Brown. So it's not as if uh, 
you know, they were particularly involved in the pass game. It seems like uh, Hertz is going to go to A.J. Brown, and then it's going to be Goddard um, as, his, as his number two. Um, so after that game, we have Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Um, another one... The Indianapolis defense looked more washed than Jalen Ramsey did in week one. Um, you're talking about a defense that was top three in fantasy last year, almost no matter what scoring system you used. Um, and they just weren't impressive. I was playing them last week against the Texans. At one point, they had one point and were projected to get negative. Um, it wasn't pretty. They ended up, you know... In, in the middle of the road, but um, it looks better on paper than it does um, if you watch the game. Um, giving up two touchdowns to O.J. Howard is a bit ridiculous. Um, that could change. you got to watch the status of Darius Shaquille Leonard. Um, definitely, far and away this year, their best player on defense. Um, they did okay against the run last week, but that was Damian Pierce and Rex Burkhead. Um, I think you're still probably running J-Rob out here. Um, ETN, you know, you probably drafted as your RB2 or 3, so you're probably running him out there as well. Um, the Jacksonville defense was awful against quarterbacks. Um, I'm not convinced you run Matt Ryan out there. Um, I think there's better options this week, like maybe Carson Wentz, if you were able to pick him up. Um, Matt Ryan even though he threw for a lot of yards, um, didn't pass the eye test in week one against what should have been on paper a weak Texans defense. Um, Jacksonville gave up the 11th most points to running backs. I mean, that doesn't really matter because you're always starting JT. You're never starting Naheem Hines. So, you know, who cares? Um, they gave up a ton of points to wide receiver last week, but um, being that it's the Colts, Pittman's probably the only guy that you can take a chance running out there um, in week two. Um, then we go to Carolina at the New York football giants. Allie, uh, the tale of running backs that will either boom or bust. What do you got? Yeah, I think um, this, this should be an exciting one. You know, Giants coming off an exciting win last week, and well, Baker coming off a loss in his revenge game, but could be could be a good game. So I'm going to not surprisingly say I would start Saquon and I would start CMC. Um, they both had, well, CMC didn't have as great of a week last week as a lot of people hoped, you know, picking him up at number one, two, or three, and he just didn't get very many points. But Saquon, he he did well last week, so I would definitely say start both them. Um, on the wide receiver side, it's a little bit more interesting. Um, you know, might have picked up Robbie Anderson last week. I mean, he had a pretty good game against the Browns, but um, so he's a might start. And same thing with Sh Ster Sterling Shepard on the Giants. Um, if you have him and you're kind of weak on wide receivers, he got a lot of points last week too, um, especially because Carolina was the worst defense last week. They had zero points. So um, be a little bit different of a game than the um, game the Giants played last week. So I'd say Anderson or Shepard, if you're a little weak on wide receivers, maybe see about starting them. One to watch this week I wouldn't start is um, the overpaid Kenny Galladay. You know, his $18 million a year contract week one. You know, he would be making a million dollars week one. And with two catches, I mean, he probably has the highest dollars per catch at $500,000 a catch last week. But, you know, I don't see that getting him on the field for me. 
if if you were considering starting Kenny Galladay before that, uh, I don't know if fantasy is for you. Um, next up, we got the Falcons uh, going up against the Rams. Rams looking to bounce back from uh, a rough-looking week one. Caleb, what do you got? Yeah, I think that's the big takeaway here, right? The Rams are going to come out firing against an Atlanta team that despite how close they played New Orleans and uh, in week one, it's just not a good team. Um, so I, I, I'm starting a lot of guys uh, on the Rams if I've got them. I, th- I think Allen Robinson's a viable play this week. Um, you know, McVay's going to want to get him involved in the offense more. He's not going to want to have what happened in week one happen again. And um, A-Rob might get some favorable coverage too because A.J. Terrell's probably going up against Cup most of the day. Um, so I'd look there. Cam Akers, uh, I'm sitting him um, because he's Hitler and he doesn't see snaps or volume. So I'm basically sitting him on my bench um, until he's dead. Uh, If you need a tight end, the Falcons are the third worst team against tight ends. So maybe look at Higby. Um, And like the Rams right now are the worst defense in fantasy against wide receivers, but um that's mostly just because stefan diggs abused them in week one um and the falcons wideouts are garbage like most of the rest of the team so i'm not playing any falcons wideouts um rams are actually the number one d against tight ends after week one but the falcons are still going to need to throw the ball just based on like the way this game script looks like it's going to play out um so i'm still running kyle pitts out there even though he stinks because he'll probably get a lot of targets and maybe get lucky and he gets a touchdown. Um, Last thing to note, I'd probably sit Cordero Patterson this week. Um, The Rams obviously have a very, very good front seven, not just Aaron Donald, but that entire unit is very solid. Um, Even the Bills couldn't really run the ball against them. Um, So I don't expect Patterson to have uh, the same game that he had last week uh, really at all. So I'm probably sticking him on the bench this week. Yeah, it just goes to show you projections mean nothing. I'm playing against Daryl Henderson, and he's projected to get 12 points. I'm like, in what universe is he ever going to get 12 points this week? I, I I can't even see that being in his range of outcomes. Maybe if he cuts off the bowling ball that he's dragging behind him, he could get 12. But <laughs> The old ball and chain. Uh, Seattle bringing Geno Smith into San Francisco. Uh, pretty interesting matchup here. What do you got, Luke? Yeah, I mean, if you watched the game last week between Denver and Seattle, you saw Geno Smith only have, I think, five incompletions. Um, with that being said, I still sit him in this game. He didn't have a lot of yards. He only had a touchdown. Like, I wouldn't be too high on Geno just because of that performance, um, especially against San Francisco defense, especially last year. They looked really solid, and it's in San Francisco. They're not going to have the same game they had last week in a torrential downpour. So I would sit Geno Smith still. Um, if you have Rashad Penny, I would look – to see if you maybe can play somebody else. Um, Kenneth Walker is supposed to play this week. Um, at least according to reports, it could change by game time. So I think they may split time in the backfield. Um, 
Kenneth Walker might come in on third downs and kind of take that receiving back role that Penny's never really had. Um, but if you have DK Metcalf, I mean, if you have someone you want to start on the Seahawks, if you're in a PPR league, DK could see a lot of targets and a lot of volume. Um, he still had seven catches last week, like for 35 yards. So the yardage wasn't there, but at least the volume was there. So if you really need to start somebody in this game, I could start DK from, from Seattle at least. Um, on the San Fran side, if Kittle plays, you need to play him. I don't care if he's limited or if he's hurt, whatever. Kittle's a must play if he plays. That's the big if. Um, I know he screwed me last week because I have him in a lot of my leagues. And me I had too. So that was fun. But um, I, I think if you see Kittle play, you also see Debo benefit from that. Debo's not going to get all of the attention from the defense. Um, and also with Elijah Mitchell being out of the game, yeah, they have Jeff Wilson. He's a solid running back, but I think you could see Debo a lot in the backfield too, especially with him having to hit rushing incentives this year for money. Um, I feel like he's still going to be in the backfield a good bit. And a little sleeper, if you want to play Brandon Ayuk, it wouldn't be a terrible play, especially, and that's if Kittle plays. If Kittle plays, Ayuk's a good third option on that team. Debo could see a lot of coverage, and then linebackers are going to be paying attention to Kittle. So if you have Ayuk, maybe uh, bank on a big play there, but he could see some good targets too. And I safe to assume we're running Jeff Wilson Jr. out there as an RB2 or 3? Yeah. Jeff Wilson's a must-play too. I mean, Seattle, we saw what they did against the run last week. They got absolutely pummeled by Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, besides the goal line fumbles, but that just happens. That's nothing with their defense, really. So, um, yeah, I'm running Jeff Wilson, I think. Yeah, I think I mean if you have any of the uh, any of the normal guys on the Niners and you want to know if it's time to panic, the answer is definitely no. That was uh, extenuating circumstances last week in Chicago. Um, we got the Bengals coming off one of the worst games to watch ever, and honestly, Dallas same thing for them. Um, the Cincinnati defense looked pretty good in week one. They got screwed over by their offense, who turned the ball over 178 times. Um, but they were very solid against against everybody. Um, only weakness was really the tight end. Um, they gave up a decent amount to Fryermuth. Um, you know, he was out-targeted like... I don't know, three to one over the next the next Steeler um, last week. Um, I wouldn't play anybody for Dallas except um, Schultz. I would pl- I would definitely run Schultz out there again. Like we said, tight end is was horrific in Week One. I mean, Mike Kosicki got me zero point one points. What a swell guy. Um, I'd play Schultz. I wouldn't feel too bad about it. Um, you know, tight ends usually do fine with backup quarterbacks. Even sometimes they can see their production go up um, for a guy that, that's not as comfortable throwing the ball down the field. Um, I think Zeke and Pollard are both playable here. Um, if you're like me and you went to your wide receiver, you may have better options. But I don't feel bad about Zeke, and I wouldn't feel bad about flexing Pollard um, in in a deeper league. It To me, the path forward for the Cowboys has to be can we win old style, run 40 times, and play defense? Um, and 
I think with Zeke and Pollard, they may be able to do that. Um, but you're going to have to give them the carries, and it doesn't seem like that's going to be a hard sell for Mike McCarthy when the alternative is, you know, have Cooper Rush sling the ball down the field. Um, the Dallas defense played really well in week one. Um, they only gave up one touchdown to the Bucs. Um, you know, the Dallas defense is solid. It seemed like they kind of shored up that, you know, freebie over the top they were giving up last year. Um, I think it's not terrible to play the Dallas defense in this one. Um, the Cincinnati offense was all over the place um, in week one. Lots of turnovers. I mean, the Steelers defense had 26 points. Clearly, the Dallas defense is better on paper than the Steelers defense. Um you know, Burrow, Mixon, Jamar Chase, those guys are all auto starts. Um, I think you're still starting Higgins if you get a good vibe about his health. I don't think it's enough for him to say he's playing. Um, I want to know for sure he's not going to be on a snap count. Um, if he's not playing, I think Boyd um, maybe sneaks in there if you're weak at wide receiver. Um, in a deeper league, I think he can do okay. Um that's probably what, what you're looking at here. Um, I think Cincinnati defense is totally playable. Uh, Dallas looked terrible on offense already and obviously doesn't have, even the way Dak was playing, a significant downgrade at quarterback, even, even if it's just on paper. Um, we got the Texans going into Denver. Denver reeling from a uh, really interesting loss there um, on Monday night. What do you got in this one, Luke? Yeah, I mean, Denver, if you watch the game, Russell Wilson did not look good. And I think it's something to monitor here. But I also think if you have Russ, you got to play him in this game. Um, he's going to be looking to throw the ball a lot. Um because we saw he didn't look like himself. He wasn't throwing the ball downfield. I think he's going to change that. And hopefully him and Nathaniel Hackett talked it out and got that in the game plan to get the ball to Sutton and Jerry Judy. Um, I think if you had Sutton or Jerry Judy, I think you can play either one of them. I mean, we saw last week they had the same amount of targets, same amount of catches. Judy just had the big play. And I think that's going to be each lead is probably going to look like that. You're going to have them have a same target share. Um, just one of them is going to break out for a big play. Um, I think Jerry Judy is more prone to doing that, kind of lining up more on the outside and being more of a uh, speedy, shifty receiver, unlike Sutton is. But I think if you have either one of them, play them. And then same with Javante Williams. I think if the Broncos want to win here, they got to give him the ball. They got to take Melvin Gordon out of that game plan. Melvin Gordon's a solid running back, but when you have a guy like Javante uh, breaking tackles left and right and getting yards after the catch, I think you just have to play him. Um, and with Houston, I don't really see you playing anybody here. I mean, Brandon Cooks is solid, but most likely he's going to be shadowed by Patrick Sertan. We saw Patrick Sertan was on DK all last game, and yeah, DK had seven catches, but he didn't have any yardage. So, I think you see the same thing here with Cooks, and he's kind of going to get locked up by Sertan here. Yeah, 
I would say just because I feel like I'm saying this 20 times, but just because of what's happened to tight end, I feel like you could run OJ Howard out there. Worst case scenario, it gets you zero, which is probably what the other guy you would have started is going to get you anyways. Um, but I mean, he's got a touchdown on a hundred percent of his targets so far. So if he gets six targets, you're in the money there. Um, interestingly, yeah. Sutton actually had a higher share of the air yards, um, than Judy, um, which was pretty interesting. That tends to be a better, uh, predictor of, of fantasy outcomes for receivers. Um, Caleb, a really high point total here. Uh, Arizona going into Vegas against the Raiders. What do you got? Yeah, first off, Arizona's defense is terrible. Um, so I think on the Raiders side, all of your normal guys are startable here. Um, obviously, if you have Devontae Adams, you're running him out there, particularly if Derek Carr is going to throw him the ball 70% of the time he drops back to throw. Um Josh Jacobs, I'd look at here. Arizona, like I said, they're terrible against the pass. They're terrible against the run. I think the Raiders will be playing from uh, in front in this game. So uh, you might see Jacobs get some more touches there as they kind of just try to grind the clock later in the game. Uh, even Derek Carr might be playable here, um, even though he sucks. Um, Arizona is like the worst defense maybe ever uh if you have them on your team for some god knows why reason get them off of your roster asap um the raiders defense on the other hand uh they didn't play very well last week but they're going against the chargers and justin herbert um i don't expect that same level of production that herbert put up last week from kyler murray um, number one, because he's Kyler Murray, and number two, because the Call of Duty beta is out on PS5 this week. Um, nice free ad there for, for Activision. Uh, but if Kyler's your guy, um, just based on that, you might want to look for somebody else um, because he might be busy on the sticks on Saturday instead of getting ready for the game. Um, Darren Waller, it looks like he's all systems go. Arizona got absolutely victimized by Travis Kelsey uh, in week one. So if I have Waller, I'm running him out there and feeling pretty good about it. Um, and the last guy I'll touch on is Connor. He looked terrible um, in week one, but this um, might be a little bit better game script for him. He tends to play a lot in like passing downs and get a lot of checkdowns. Um, and I don't think Arizona will be running the ball a lot. So like, you know, just at face value, you look at that and say like Connor's going to have a bad week, but just because he tends to get involved in the passing game, um, I think you might see them play from behind a lot. Vegas's defense will back off and maybe he gets a lot of checkdowns. And so particularly if you're in a PPR league, um, might be worth running him out there. He's also just like a touchdown merchant. So like, even when he doesn't play well, um, he can get you like 25 yards and just score two touchdowns because uh, Cliff Kingsbury loves him for whatever reason. So um, I, I, I'm still probably running him out there. Uh, he's he's on my roster in my main league, and I'm starting him. So. Not just because of your uh, troubles at running back or? Well, I have Cam Akers, so. <laughs> <laughs> if you have good running backs, maybe think twice. Um 
All right, one near and dear to Luke's heart, uh, the Bears at Green Bay. Bounce back season. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Bears fans, but this is a blowout. And that's not even me trying to be biased here. I mean, it's a Sunday night primetime game. Rodgers only put up seven points last week. And if you've ever watched a Bears-Packers game, you know that Rodgers owns them. So I feel like if you have really – you have Aaron Rodgers, Al Lazard, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones. You're starting all of them, even both the running backs, because they're going to be throwing the ball um, probably a lot in the first half and then slow it down in the second half. I think you're going to look – you're going to see A.J. Dillon get a lot of carries in the second half, kind of wear down that Bears defense. And especially if they're in the red zone a lot, he's going to be in the game for that kind of goal line back uh, role. So if you have – Dylan in a standard league, he's going to get a good bit of touchdowns. I think he might have even scored two this week. I'm just calling it right now. Um, Aaron Jones in the passing game, though, he's going to be more out there in the first half. He's going to be getting uh, more work in the receiving games. So if you have him in a PPR league, I'd look to him and he could even have a touchdown. Um, on the Bears side, and well, actually, before I go to that, even the Packers defense here, I would play them. I mean, Packers defense on paper has one of the best defenses in the league. It didn't look like that first week. Um, I don't think the game plan was there for the Vikings. Obviously, Justin Jefferson completely torched everybody. But um, I think if you have Jair on Darnell Mooney, which, I mean, he's not a great wide receiver one, but at least have someone to clamp him up. Um, I don't see them doing really anything so I start the Packers defense this week as well. Um, and on the Bears side, I don't really start anyone. Justin Fields, at least his rookie season didn't look very good against the Packers. Um, and he didn't, obviously last week was the differential downpour. Um, and he didn't look too bad, but he didn't look great either. And especially against the Green Bay defense, I wouldn't be playing Justin Fields. Um, and same with the running backs. The running backs are splitting time. David Montgomery who was kind of last year, he was like a top 15 running back in fantasy, and you were putting him out there pretty much every week. But he's seeing a lot of time uh, get stolen away from Cleo Herbert, and Herbert's actually looking pretty good. So the Bears' uh, offensive coordinator has a brain. He might uh, give him the ball a little more. But, yeah, I think on the Bears' side, you're not starting anybody. Yeah, Packers' defense didn't didn't necessarily live up to expectations in week one, but I, I think it's fair to say that going from Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook to Darnell Mooney and uh, David Montgomery is probably not quite the same the same game there. Especially in Lambeau on Sunday night. <laughs> if you know anything about Rodgers playing in Lambeau, he's pretty much unstoppable. One so. thing I will say is I would watch Lazard. Um, you want to be careful waiting till Sunday night for him with his health. Um, if he's a late scratch or something, you might be scrambling. Um, I would definitely keep an eye on that close through like Sunday noon. Um, if if he's still pretty questionable, um, I don't know if it's worth the risk. You know, having to pick up somebody that's available for Sunday night or Monday night. Um, we got a two-piece of Monday night games this week. They overlap, which kind of sucks because we could have watched like eight hours of football on Monday night. But, uh, Allie, the first one is Tennessee going into Buffalo. Bill's Mafia, what do we got? 
Yeah, I talked a little bit about CMC before underperforming, not getting as many points as a lot of people thought, but Henry was kind of the same thing. You know, he only got a little over eight points last week. The touchdown seemed to be going to Hilliard. He he got two touchdowns and had some yards. He got a lot of the extra points. Um, I mean, Henry's still an obvious start, but hopefully he can get some more points for those people that drafted him at one. Um, you know, the Bills, they, they played great last week. They had a great week one on first game of the football season and um you know they gave up little points to the running backs and the quarterbacks but they did give up quite a few to the wide receivers um so maybe if you're kind of looking at some not so healthy wide receivers you consider Traylon Burks he might be a good pickup if he's still available um Buffalo looked great in most positions and beyond the obvious starts of of Diggs and and Allen maybe look at Gabe Davis he overscored last week from where he was projected and Tennessee again they gave up a, a lot of points to wide receivers as well um I, I hold on running backs for Buffalo just because they tend to just say Allen run it yourself they don't really they they give it a little bit to Singletary but if you have some other running backs I wouldn't really worry about putting them out there um and you know one team's coming off a win one team's coming off a loss so is consider that one the Titans lost a hard game last week and the, the Bills won one. So maybe throw a couple more Bills out there than Titans. And for the love of God, sit Dawson Knox on the bench where he belongs and where he sits for most of the game in real life. Minnesota at Philly, Monday night, baby. Um, these teams look pretty good in week one, with the exception of the Philadelphia defense. Um they gave up the most points to running backs, um, which was DeAndre Swift, who, again, looked like the best running back in the NFL. And, of course, Jamal Williams, who looked like the second worst running back in the NFL after Cam Akers. Um, they gave up the 10th most points to wide receivers. Not that that matters. Um, obviously, you're starting Justin Jefferson. Um, clearly, with the Eagles getting gashed by the run, you're starting, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook. Um, I don't think Madison is worth a look, although he did look, he looked fine um, in week one. Um, Minnesota defense looked really good. Um, number one versus the QB in fantasy, which isn't a surprise if you watched the game, watched A-Rod, um, you know, you got the full experience. He talked to Aaron Andrews, talked about doing PCP and, you know, taking some perk 30s and doing nothing on the field. Only got seven points. <laughs> so, um, you know, don't trash my quarterback like that. <laughs> So you're still running Hurts out there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that's me. I am running Hurts out there because uh, he was the only quarterback available after I got done drafting seven running backs. Um, Minnesota did give up uh, the ninth most points to running backs in week one. Now that was Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who are one of the best one-twos in the NFL. And... A lot of that game was garbage time. A lot of those points were A-Rod dropping back, running for his life, dumping it off to A.J. Dillon. Um, I I have to admit, I was a little bit surprised when I saw how many points they gave up to running backs just because, you know, in the eye test, you wouldn't have realized that when you were watching the game. Um, I think you can still run Sanders out here. Don't be too excited about it. you got to remember this guy hadn't scored a touchdown since 2019. There's a reason I said trade him if you can because, you know, 
thinking that he's going to get touchdowns like that all the time. Um, you know, all their running backs that played scored. So in week one, maybe you're playing Gainwell. I don't know how many teams are in that league if you are, um, but at least he got you a touchdown in week one. Um, Minnesota did really well against the wide receivers, although Lazard wasn't playing, and it's not like the Packers have a good wide receiving core this year. Um, anyways, um, I'd start A.J. Brown, and that's it. I'm sitting Devonta Smith on the bench until I see him get back to something, get back to being a person that's at least involved in the game. Um, Minnesota did give up the 10th most points to the tight end, Goddard's the number two target for the Eagles pretty clearly. I mean, he's an obvious start, especially given the weakness at tight end. Um, pretty pretty straightforward game there. Two good ones on Monday night. It's nice we get two games on Monday night, but like I said, um, would be nice if we could watch, watch all of both of them. Um, let's go to our must-start and must-sit of the week. Um, let's start out at the quarterback position for me, uh, a must-start this week for somebody in your league is Carson Wentz. Um, whether it's the guy that lost Dak Prescott or, um, you know, somebody that maybe a guy was planning on starting Matt Ryan. He didn't look too hot. Um, and, you know, Carson Wentz saved for the two interceptions, which is part of having Carson Wentz. Um, I do believe he was the number one quarterback in fantasy. Um, somebody can fact-check me on that, but... Uh, actually, Mahomes probably was, but uh, yeah, Mahomes and then I think it was. I think he was too. But either way, you know, if Carson Wentz is in the top ten, you're feeling pretty good. Um, this is a great matchup against a Detroit defense that got toasted. Um, and Washington already showed in Week One that they want to throw the ball in the red zone. They're not looking to feed Gibson and McKissick. Um, you know. Wentz was looking for Dotson in the end zone, found him twice. Um, four touchdown passes. You don't get four touchdown passes unless you're looking to throw in those situations. Um, they trust putting the ball in his hands, and, and I think he's a decent option um, You know, at quarterback. I don't think he's going to be QB2 or 3 again, but I think he can easily end up in in the top, top 10 quarterbacks this week. Um, a sit for me is Jameis Winston. Um I think the Saints offense, Sands Camara, um, really outperformed expectations in week one. But I think we got to pump the brakes on that a little bit. Um, you know, Michael Thomas got in the end zone twice. Are, are we ready to run him out there week after week? I, I'm not so sure. Um, you know, depending on your situation at wide receiver. But the Bucks defense looked very good. Um, in week one, it's hard to say how good they really are this year because um, of how bad the Cowboys looked and also their starting quarterback getting hurt and then putting the backup in halfway through the game. Um, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on this Tampa Bay defense. I mean, it's certainly possible that they become a, a defense that you're not looking to run a quarterback out there against at all if you can help it. Um so that's where I'm looking this week. Um, Allie, who do you got as a must-start and a must-sit this week at quarterback? My must-start this week is Kirk Cousins because I will be starting him. I took Russ Wilson as my quarterback, and after watching football the other night, I said, 
Uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins is my the backup that now became the QB1. You know, he looks solid. He's a solid starting quarterback. Last week he went 23 for 32 with over 250 yards. So, you know, he's got Justin Jefferson out there that he can throw to, and he's playing against Philadelphia defense who gave up 35 points to the Lions last week. So, you know, I think it's a good start this week, especially with uh, my other option being Russ. So I'm going with a must-start for me. Um, must sit this week is is Tua. So de- Baltimore defense outperformed their projected last week against the Jets, which I know it's it's the Jets, but um, you know the Dolphins they have a, a lot of a lot of good wide receivers. But I mean I saw this video and I don't know if it got tipped or not, but Tua threw it. It didn't even go 20 yards. Like it's great to have Tyreek Hill, but if you can't throw to Tyreek Hill, what's the point of having Tyreek Hill? Um, so I think maybe he'll get some more throws to the tight end, but. I don't know. I don't. I don't see Tua doing doing too much until he gets his throw figured out. He's a sit for me. This is a perfect segment for Marissa. I drafted for her. I drafted Kirk Cousins, and a week after the draft, she decided to inform me that she had dropped Kirk Cousins and picked up Tua. And um, I was a bit concerned, but it's okay because her league mates didn't take Kirk Cousins, so we got him back. It's all good. We're still alive in the in the league, um, Luke. Uh, you're starting sit at quarterback this week. Well, my start is Frat Stafford. I mean, he had a terrible game last week. Obviously, <laughs> if you watch the game; it was really bad. It's a great but, start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks terrible, but he's playing Atlanta. I mean, this like I said earlier. Besides AJ Terrell, Atlanta's defense is very subpar, and the Rams are going to have to start getting that offense together. Um, they're going to have Allen Robinson out there. Cooper Cup had a huge game last week. And I just I don't see Matt Stafford having that bad of a game two weeks in a row. So I think you have to put him out here against Atlanta. Um, and my sit, and this is, like I said, this is very controversial, but Tom Brady against New Orleans. Um, for one, I don't like Tom Brady. If anyone knows me, you guys know that I hate him. Two, he hasn't won a game against New Orleans, like I mentioned earlier. Um, since he I, became I a buck. Yes, since he became a buck. Yeah, good clarification there. Um, but I was looking at his points against the Saints last year, and I know the last game of the season they played Saint, the Saints, he had like four points in standard leagues. Um, and their defense was not as good as it is this year. So I, it's a controversial pick, but following what he's done in the past against the Saints, not looking at what's on paper, I don't play him this week. All right, Caleb, a uh, lot of guys off the board here. Who do you got as your starting sit at quarterback? Yeah, my must-start at QB this week is Aaron Rodgers, who – like Matt Stafford, also had a terrible game last week. Um, But he's playing the Bears on Sunday night at Lambeau. This is going to be the Aaron Rodgers, Ayahuasca, Man Bun, DMT revenge game. We're going to get the whole experience. Rodgers, I expect him to have a big game. I don't think the the Bears' defense is, uh, is legit. I know they held the 49ers to 10 points last week, but that game took place in hurricane Katrina 2.0. So I don't put too much stock in that. Um, it's Rogers. It's the Packers at Lambeau. 
against a division rival on Sunday night. I expect him to have a big game and bounce back. Um, and my sit is uh, Matt Ryan versus Jacksonville because he's Matt Ryan. Self-explanatory there. It just crossed my mind. It's pretty crazy that how much the panic sets in. I mean, it's week two. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the NFL last year, and we're talking about whether you start him or not in fantasy. I mean, probably and we f- did this. We did the same thing last year too. Like they got blown out by the Saints in Week One, and from then on out, uh, aside from the week he missed with COVID, he was the best player in the league for like the rest of the season. And it wasn't really that close. I mean, he walked away with the MVP award by a a, a large margin. So um, I could I couldn't agree more. The rest of the like the rest of the games too. So I mean. Yep. You can't be worried. Yeah, I mean, more often than not, one week is is one week. Just just let it go. Um, let's go to running back. Um, my must start this week is Josh Jacobs in Arizona. Um, I can't imagine there being a better matchup. Arizona's defense is god awful. Um, they're probably going to end up being the worst defense in the NFL this year. Um, objectively speaking, you can't really imagine they're going to not be bottom three um, at best. Um, look, if you drafted Josh Jacobs, it's because you believe in Josh Jacobs. It's not like he could be had in the eighth or ninth round. You know, I was scooping this guy up everywhere I could in the fourth or fifth round, and that's where you had to get him. Um, after that, he becomes the best running back available. People are looking to scoop him up. Um, this is the time. He had 10, 10 carries for 5.7 yards a carry um, against a decent Chargers defense. The Cardinals defense gave up like 720 points to Clyde edwards Lair, who's pretty trash. Um, this game script seems like they should be able to get him going. He should be involved in the pass game it's all systems go for this guy. If the, if he can't produce now, you might as well find out and either get this guy to somebody that needs a running back or get him off your roster and use that roster spot on somebody else. Um, I am considering not playing him in some of my leagues. Like I said, I went zero wide receiver almost exclusively this year, so I'm pretty solid at running back, but... In any normal circumstance, you got to run this guy out at RB2 this week. Um, it's a plus-plus-plus matchup um, against Arizona. And my must-sit of the week, I know how bad this is going to hurt for everyone that this might involve, but you cannot start Najee Harris this week. You can't. He's coming off an injury. I mean, he's coming off an injury that was already an injury. This injury has been plaguing him. It, you know, he says it's not a problem. He's not worried about it. But you're talking about a guy missing time. That this injury was a couple weeks to a week to he might play this week. Is that what you want to hear? If you're Najee Harrison, I feel like that's the last thing you want to hear. You want to hear that he's gonna sit till he's healthy and get back on the field. The risk of re-injury here seems ridiculously high, especially with how long it's been plaguing him. And beyond that, the Steelers have nothing going on offense. I mean, without the defense last week, they score what? 
seven points. Najee Harris didn't pass the eye test. The only reason he weaseled his way up as high as he did in the draft this year was because of his touches last year. Um, you know, he had, I'm pretty sure he had the most touches of anybody in the NFL last year. Um, points per touch were terrible. Um, and this offense is doing nothing. You know, and the first argument is going to be, I drafted him in the first round. I have to play him. I mean, at some point in the season, it doesn't matter what you spend on a guy. Um, you drafted who you drafted. That's what you got. That's what you got to work with. But on Sundays, you got to put the best team out there. And I don't see a way that Najee Harris is is the best lineup that you can make. There's got to be somebody else out there as a streamer that's going to get more looks at the goal line. His team's going to score more points, so the opportunities are there. I mean, I think this game could easily stay under 35 points. Um, the opportunities are just not going to be there. Um, they're not going to. Neither team is really going to move the ball with ease. The yards aren't going to be there. It's a no-fly zone on Najee Harris for me this week. Um, Allie, your start and sit at running back. My start this week is uh, Kareem Hunt. They looked great last week against... Um, I'm blanking. Who did the Browns play last the week? The Panthers, yes. They looked great last week, both him and Nick Chubb together. And um, yeah, that one, two got a bunch of points. So, um, and I mean, I know it's the Panthers, but this week it's the Jets. So it's not like they're playing against a crazy, crazy rush defense or anything like that. Um, with both of them looking solid, I'm I'm ready to put him in as an RB2 or in a deeper league. Um, maybe, maybe something else. And my sit this week is Chase Edmonds. He averaged two yards per carry last week, and this week he's playing against a Baltimore defense who did pretty decent against the run last week. So I'm not running him out there. Yeah, I totally agree. I still like stashing Edmonds this for now. Um, you feel like if that Dolphins offense gets going, he might he might have a huge year and could be a tremendous value for where he was grabbed. He looked great in Arizona last year. He's explosive. Um, you just feel like they need some time together on the field to, to see if they can get it going. I definitely agree. If they can get the ball up to Tyreek a couple times and open up that field, he'll get a lot more touches. But uh, this week, I just I don't think they figured it out quite yet. So Tua can get it maybe 25 yards instead of 20. <laughs> maybe run him out there, but not quite yet. All right. And Luke, start and sit at running back. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, my start of the week is A.J. Dillon. I mean, he saw a lot of the touches in the past game, which if you're a Green Bay fan and you watched games last year, that was pretty much non-existent. Um, you had Aaron Jones out there passing catches out of the backfield. Um, if he continues to do this and he also continues to run the ball and get the goal line touches, I think he's a huge play. I mean, he's a – if. Uh, the Packers are in the red zone as much as they should be this game. I think they're going to be looking a lot to A.J. Dillon to just give him the ball and let him eat. Um, so, yeah, I think you run A.J. Dillon out there even over Aaron Jones, which I'm debating myself because I have both of them. But, yeah. Um, my sit of the week's Kamara. And I have him in the league. I love Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara is a very talented player. But ever since... Drew Brees is left. He's, his productions kind of went down from the Camaro we know. I mean, he had a solid year last year. He was plagued with injury. 
Uh, but when he played, he played well. But if you looked at the games he played against Tampa Bay, he was pretty much non-existent. Um, and especially with him being limited with an injury and maybe not even playing, obviously this is if he plays. Um, I, I don't think you send Alvin Kamara out there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, you can't imagine the, the script here is going to be for them to run the ball a lot and asking him to catch a lot of passes and get yards against those Tampa Bay linebackers is is a tough ask for sure. Um, Caleb, start and sit one at running back this week. My start's Jeff Wilson Jr. this week against Seattle. Um, Trey Lance looks sus right now. Um, we know Shanahan's a run-first guy, uh, and I don't think Seattle is a good team, despite the fact that they beat Denver last week. Um, if you look at what the Broncos did to them on the ground, it was uh, borderline criminal um, in some states. Um so I'm I'm running Jeff Wilson out there. Uh, I grabbed him on the waiver wire. Uh, I'm starting him this week. Uh, and my sit is James Conner against the Raiders. Um, Ten carries for 26 yards last week. Yuck. Uh, against a Chiefs defense that's not very good, um, at least in my mind. Uh, so I'm I'm putting Conner on the bench, uh, assuming um, you have better options with that being said i don't have better options because i have cam Akers, so i'll be starting james connor yeah important to note too in seattle is jamal blitz boy adams is out for the year and he's definitely more involved in the run game than he is in the pass game um other than when he lets the ball hit up his face um Going to wide receiver, uh, for me, a start this week is DJ Chark. Um, if you're not going to start him, if you got, uh, if you're not like me and your roster is just absolutely stacked from top to bottom and you can't find room for this guy, um, I would stash this guy on the bench. Maybe if you have Cam Akers, you know, throw him in the garbage can where he belongs, pick up DJ Chark, um, but seriously, the guy's the clear number two receiver in Detroit. He's lining up across from a guy in Amon Ross St. Brown who, over the past seven weeks, going back to last season, has looked like easily a top five receiver in the NFL. He did it again in week one. Um, he looks like the real deal. There's no reason to think he's not at this point. Um, and that's going to open things up for Chark. We know Chark... Um, is able to go go deep more. Um, Amon Ra, you know, his route running ability opens that up for a guy like Chark as well. Chark got eight targets and a touchdown in week one. Um, you know, for a guy that could be had off the waiver wire, I don't know what else you could be wanting. It's a guy that's proven in the NFL. He's seen a good target share. He's getting targeted in the red zone. I mean, if you're weak at wide receiver, this seems like a no-brainer. And, you know, a guy... In one of my leagues, he just got claimed yesterday, so he's still out there for sure. Especially if you know if your league's more casual, um, definitely should be able to be grabbed off the waiver wire and help you out. Um, I would do that, but I have waiver limits in my league, so here I am. My sit, I don't want to take the low hanging fruit here, but Devonte Smith. I mean. I'm not even considering running this guy out here regardless. I think I'd start C.D. Lamb over Devontae Smith this week. Um, the guy didn't catch a pass in week one. I mean, 
What else is there to say? You, you don't catch a single pass in a game your team scores 38 points. How am I supposed to believe you're going to be involved in this offense? Um, I don't believe it. He doesn't look like the number two target. He does. I'm not even sure if he looks like number three target. Seems like the running backs are getting targeted more than him. And it doesn't make any sense because a guy like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith should be feasting. He should have as much room as he wants. He should be getting plus matchups um, against anybody. And to not have a catch in the first game in that situation... Um, it freaks me out. I'm giving this guy a couple weeks, and unless your bench is unreasonably deep, um, it's time for me to part ways from a guy like this if I don't see something soon. Um, Allie, you're starting one and sitting one at wide receiver. I'm going to start Rashad Bateman. You know, I picked him up late in the league, and I played him last week, and, you know, he did really well. Two two catches, but he had six, 60 yards, so big catches and scored a touchdown. Um I think that Lamar was thrown really well last week, so hopefully he'll get a couple catches again this week. Um, and with J.K. Dobbins still being questionable, you know, they still might, and even if J.K. does play, you know, they might be a little bit slower on the run game, be thrown a little bit more. So I'm pretty excited to start him this week again because he got me a lot of points. <laughs> um, and my sit is C.D. versus Cincinnati. Um, I just think right now Dallas is a big question mark with having um, – Cooper Rush in there. I I mean, Dak couldn't get him the ball. Cooper Rush isn't going to get him the ball. So I think CD just, I mean, it hurts because I, I picked him up early, but it, um, Dak's out. He looked bad. Sit. Yeah. And certainly you have note for Bateman is that, you know, the Ravens offense definitely took some time to get going last week. Um, it was more or less like a half of play, um, that they really were clicking on offense. So, you feel like the potential is definitely there. I mean, Bateman still did fine. He kind of got saved with a deep touchdown. Um, but you feel like they got going a little bit better and, and might might be able to make something happen here. And what what could be a tough matchup? Um, Luke, looks like you're taking a Packer in every one of our segments here. Uh, who are you starting and sitting at wide receiver this week? I know. I was looking at that, and I was like, there's a very uh, – A trend here. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm starting on Lazard. If this is obviously if he plays, um, he's still questionable. Um, obviously, he didn't play last week, but Rogers has got to throw the ball to somebody. And if you watched the game last week, he tried, and uh, Christian Watson dropped a touchdown. There was kind of some iffy routes run by the receivers that Luke, just come him. out and say it he hates all his other wide receivers yeah, he, he only likes alan lazard he hates all the other ones yeah you're right he, he doesn't like them because the, he doesn't trust them and i could see uh bobby tunyon getting some targets but um i think if alan lazard plays you got to play him because roger just got to throw the ball with somebody um and for my sit i actually have terry mclaurin um he's going against the detroit defense that isn't great but Washington last week, the, all the targets went to Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. Curtis Samuel had 11 targets, and Jahan, I don't, I think he had seven targets, something like that. Um, so the targets weren't there for Terry. Terry kind of got saved by a big play, and if that's become a trend as well uh, in his career, he kind of just gets one big play a game, and it's like 
he's kind of viable for fantasy. Um, so this week, seeing that Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dawson were getting most of the target share from Carson Wentz, I wouldn't play him until I see that he's getting wide receiver one targets. Yeah, it's always important to remember that uh, Rodgers is kind of like your petty girlfriend. Like, you look at another girl the wrong way, and, you know, he's never letting that one go. I remember last year I streamed Lazard in a week, and he caught a touchdown. I was feeling great. Then he dropped a touchdown, and I was like, oh, man. And then he never saw the ball come within a 20-yard radius the rest of the game. It went from, like, a possible 17-pointer to, like, 10 or whatever it was. Um, I think Watson's going to be in the doghouse here for a couple weeks till he thinks about what he's done. Um, Caleb. Yeah, I was, I was watching the podcast with Pat McAfee, and he's talking to Rodgers, and Rodgers is like, yeah, drops happen. Like, he was acting all cool about it. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, Rodgers, don't even, like, act like it's nothing. Like, you hate all of them. Like, yeah. it's okay. If you drop <laughs> one, you ain't seeing the ball again until <laughs> next week at least. Uh, Caleb, start and sit a wide receiver this week. Yeah, my start this week is Christian Kirk um, against the Colts. Kirk had 12 targets last week. Um, he caught six of them, so pretty nice production there. Um, Jags paid him a lot of money to come over there and be a wide receiver one. I'm still not sold on Trevor Lawrence as a legit uh sort of threat at the quarterback position in the nfl but 12 targets is 12 targets i mean even if it is trevor lawrence throwing them to you so um i like kirk this week um he is playing the colts d which a lot of people were high on but they didn't have a very good performance in week one um so i'm running him out there um and this week i'm sitting dk metcalf against the niners um i drafted dk late i thought it was a nice pickup um, but like watching that game on Monday night, like he is just not getting downfield targets at all. Um, I think he had something like seven catches for 36 yards on Monday against the Broncos, which I get the Broncos have a good number one quarter in Patrick Sertan, but this is DK Metcalf we're talking about. Like he's not a possession receiver. He's a freak of nature. Um, and he needs to be seeing the ball downfield. And until that happens, um, I'm, I'm not running him out there. Yeah, it's my how the mighty have fallen. I mean, it's been so long since we've seen him do anything that, that we're used to seeing him do. I mean, you'd have to go back to probably early last year or first half of last year to see to see a good game from him. Yeah, I, th- I think it's pre-Russell Wilson injury last year. I don't I don't think it's been the DK Metcalf that we were used to seeing basically since then. So whatever you attribute that to, um I I can't play him uh until I see some more of that that downfield action. Yeah, for sure. Tight end uh is a mess everywhere. Um, I'm going to make Luke work a little bit rather than just picking the top packer on the depth chart. I want to start Robert Tanyan here. Uh, the guy's one of the uglier looking dudes um, in the NFL. Um, so it's easy to forget that he's over there. You know, you're like, I don't want to look at that guy. And then all of a sudden he's behind the defense. Um, like we talked about, Rodgers doesn't like his wide receivers, and, I mean, that might be fair. They're not really that good. 
Um, he's comfortable with Tanya, and he's had him for a couple years. Um, you know, the Bears, it's going to be a plus matchup. They should be able to do what they want on offense. Um, and he, event at some point, he's going to have to look to guys that, that he feels comfortable with. As a quarterback, that's that's a huge thing. Um, you can have a good receiver if you, if you just don't have that connection. Um, you know, that can really you know, affect the fantasy performance. Um, you know, if Lazard plays, I think I think Tanya's gonna be the number two the number two target in the pass game. Um I think the upside is there and honestly, what the hell are your other options? I mean, almost nobody's playable at tight end right now. I freaking have Mark Andrews and he got me five points. I mean it it feels like it doesn't even matter what you do at this point. Um and a sit for me, I, I hate to keep going back the same well, but I'm not playing Pat Fryermuth this week. Um, I understand that he put up decent numbers last week. It was a weird game. Um, I just don't see it. The Pats are historically very good against tight end year in and year out, probably because Belichick, it's not that hard to figure out how to defend a tight end. Um, it's not like they're going to be faster than your guys or what or whatever. Um, again, like I touched on with Najee Harris, the Steelers aren't going to move the football. Um, they there was nothing in Week One that made you think that they would move the football. Um, they struggled the whole week. There was like a thirty-yarder to Pat and a thirty-yard accidental back shoulder to Deontay Johnson that he somehow caught with his body turned the wrong way um there's nothing going on here i'm honestly you you could seriously have a league where no player on offense is playing for anybody um in in this matchup um it's kind of ridiculous at this point but um i don't blame anybody because you're talking about two two of the offenses that look the worst um in week one um Allie, save us from a little bit of panic in Dallas. Give us a start and a sit at tight end. Yeah, so I'm starting Dalton Schultz against Cincinnati. I think, as you talked about before, Carter, they gave up a lot of points to tight ends. Well, being Pat Fryermuth, that I guess we're going to sit on the bench this week, even though I'm going to run him out there against the Pat. I'm just kidding. Um, but Dalton Schultz, you know, he with Cooper Rush out there, he might be trying to dump it off just a little bit. They're... Um, Offensive line didn't look great. Seemed to be collapsing kind of quick. So you got to get rid of the ball quick. Go to the big guy, Dalton Schultz. Um, I don't think he's going to have enough time to get it up to CD. And it, I don't think he has the arm for it. So little dumps to the tight end. You know, that starts to add up. And he had a decent week last week. Um, Dallas offense as a whole, as we've talked about, didn't do great. But I think um, at this tight end position, and I think I saw today come through that Zach Ertz looks like he might be questionable this weekend. So maybe one of, one of these guys that we're talking about is somebody you can pick up if uh, if you have Zach. Um, and my sit this week is is Hunter Henry, um, just because he got two points last week. So I just don't really not interested in people that didn't get more than five. So not just he, because uh, of that, also because Mac Jones sucks. Well, yeah, yeah. He has Mac Jones. He has Mac off. Jones. Yes, yes. Definitely um, want to got... take note of that, that Mac Jones sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he only got 20 yards and because Mac Jones sucks. Right. 
yeah, it's. I mean, it's crazy. So many of the guys that were super streamable last year already seem untouchable. Uh, Higby and Hunter Henry. I mean, Hunter Henry had a lot of touchdowns last year for a guy that sucks and has a quarterback that sucks. Um, Luke, you're still starting a guy that uh, I don't think anybody's feeling good about at this point. No, I mean, I think you got to start Kyle Pitts this week. Kyle, okay, as someone who didn't have him, maybe I'm just off my rocker here, but Kyle, they got to throw the ball to somebody. Kyle Pitts, um, coming out of the draft, is a generational tight end talent. He's in a bad situation, obviously. If you're in, on the Atlanta Falcons, you're not probably very good, but he is like the one bright spot of that team. Um <clears throat> They got to move the ball somehow, and like I said earlier, Cordero's not. Well, Caleb said earlier, Cordero is not going to move the ball. Um, the front seven's way too good, and <clears throat> I don't think any of the linebackers can really keep up with Kyle Pitts that the Rams have out there. So, I think you got to start Kyle Pitts this week. Um, and obviously, my sit of the week is Mike Gesicki. Um, when you see one target for one yard and you catch the ball, and it's only one yard, I'm not putting you out there next week. I played him this week, too. Fortunately, I played a team who did even worse than me, so I still got one of the wins. But if you have Mike Kosicki, please set him on the bench. If you really have to play him, I would rather even play O.J. Howard, who got two touchdowns on two targets. So, I mean, you can't play Mike Kosicki this week. Yeah, and... I mean, it's hard to fault him. They're lining him up at slot receiver. I mean, you don't even know what's what's going on there. Um, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be involved in the offense at all um, at this point. Um, Caleb, a start and a sit at tight end. Yeah, my start this week's Dallas Goddard. Uh, he had only had four targets last week but he caught three of them for 60 yards and one of those he got tackled at like the one yard line so like you know if he takes that in for a touchdown you're looking at a pretty big week there uh he's clearly the number two target in the passing game for philadelphia um obviously aj brown is getting like 80 percent of the target share there but uh i don't think hurts even knows that Devonte smith is on the team anymore um so, you know, I'm running Dallas Goddard out there. I have him in my main league. I'm feeling pretty good about it because it looks like he's um, going to get a fair a fair number of targets this year. And he also tends to get, like, these big chunk plays like we saw on um, on Sunday, which, like, in as you mentioned before, like, in a year that so far, obviously a small sample size with only one week, but, like, it's been – the tight end class has been like putrid. Um, so I'm running Goddard out there and even if he only gets me six or seven, like I'm still feeling pretty good about that just based on like what my alternatives are. Um, and my sit this week is David and Joku um, playing the jets. The jets aren't good, but like what Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, the Browns just aren't going to throw the ball. Um, they're going to turn around and hand it off to Chubb and Kareem hunt. 60 times um and just run it down your throat like they did last week um 
he had one target for seven yards in week one. Like, even if they throw the ball, it's not going to go to him. It's going to be Amari Cooper. It's going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, so I, I just have no interest in playing David and Joku. And uh, if you even have him on your roster, I'd probably drop him and pick up someone that can con- contribute um, at least until um, Massage Boy comes back. Yeah, looking at our starts there, tight end, it, I mean, essentially, it's just anybody with upside. I mean, just put them in and forget about it because the volume is not there through one week. I mean, even guys that, you know, people were picking up as as sharps, uh, like Njoku, like Noah Fant. I mean, just we're not involved in week one at all. Um, you can't keep running those guys out there until you at least at least see something. Um, all right, let's do our first uh, listener Q and A. Um, we have Dylan with two questions here: Drake London or Christian Watson this week? That's your boys, uh, Luke. Who do you got? Well. As much as I talked about how much Aaron Rodgers hates his receivers, I think he's still got to play Christian Watson over Drake London here. I mean, you got Desmond Ritter at quarterback over, and then you're comparing it to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, at that point, when you're talking about two receivers that haven't proven anything yet, you got to look at the QB. Um, And Desmond Ritter, from what I've seen and just from what I've seen out of the draft, he's not that good. So I'm still playing Christian Watson. I mean, you saw first play of the week uh, game last week. He did drop a 75-yard touchdown, but that means it could be there this week. If he does catch that, that's a pretty good game for someone you weren't expecting to do well. So I think you have to go Christian Watson. And Atlanta is starting Mariota, are they not? Oh, wait, yeah. My fault. I mean, I'm not sure that him and Ritter are that much different. They're both pretty bad. (laughs) Just want to clarify. Um, Another one, Caleb, uh, you like Kamara. I feel like we've probably answered this, but Kamara to get over under 14.5 this week against Tampa Bay. Yeah, we touched on it earlier, but this one's under. Tampa Bay's got a great defense. We saw that. Dallas, a team that's notorious for running the ball well, couldn't really run it very well against them in week one. Um, And Kamara's banged up, too. And uh, as Luke mentioned earlier, he really hasn't been the same player um, since Drew Brees, the checkdown god, uh, retired. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is under... Um, Frankly, I think... I love Alvin Kamara. I think he's an amazing player, but... Um, until they figure out how to use him in that offense with Winston and the rest of the guys they got. Um, I, I don't look at him as a top-end uh, running back in most fantasy leagues um, at this point in time. Yeah, that's what I've noticed when I when I see them play. is It just seems like he's having to work so much harder for what he's getting now, whereas you know, in the golden Alvin Kamara days, it seemed like everything was free. I mean, the five touchdown game, um, you know, it, it was just that offense was working and, and he was involved in that. Now it seems like he's kind of an afterthought where, okay, let's throw a screen to Kamara, but it's not set up, you know, he's got to do it all himself. And the guy's getting old. I mean, he can't do that forever. Um, 
Levi asks, is it too early to trust Jahan Dotson? <sighs> I guess it depends what you mean by trust. Um, I think, for me, Dotson is a, is a sit again this week. I love stashing him. Um, but, and you know, it is a plus matchup against Detroit. Um, but Detroit actually locked down everything but the wide receiver one. Um, I like Dotson as a stash. Um, you know, Wentz, they are, we already saw they have that connection. Wentz is looking for him in the red zone. That's what you want to see. Um, but one week is one week. I, I don't think it's the worst play to run him out there. This game could be a high scoring game. Um, it could happen again, but I I want to see a little bit more um, from Dotson. Depending what my options are at receiver, um, I'm certainly running out a guy like Christian Kirk over Dotson this week. I'm probably running Curtis Samuel out there this week. Probably consider Jarvis Landry over Dotson. Um, Dotson just seemed a little bit more fluky than those guys. Um, in week one, two touchdowns. I mean, you're not going to get two touchdowns again, so don't count on that if that's what you're hoping for. Seems unlikely. I know, you know, we'll talk about it Monday and it'll have happened, so um, it is what it is. But Dakota asks, if Higgins can't go Sunday, do you go Chris Olave, Corey Davis, or DPJ, Caleb? Yeah, I think my answer here is if Higgins can play and you feel good about his health, you're playing him. Um, if those are the three alternatives, um, of those three, I like Corey Davis. Uh, Olave only got three targets, um, and he hasn't really shown that he could be that home run threat yet, um, particularly if Michael Thomas is going to get Michael Thomas-level targets like we've seen him get in the past when he's healthy. Um uh, DPJ is like, you know, I talked about this earlier, but like, I just don't think the Browns are really going to try to throw the ball. Um, their running game's too good. Uh, Corey Davis is actually pretty interesting. He led the Jets in targets, catches, and yards in week one. Um, and you think about the game script for the Jets, uh, they're probably going to be playing from behind quite a bit. Um, I know that Joe Flacco is the quarterback right now, and he's 100 years old, but he threw the ball 59 times last week. Um, so if that kind of volume is going to be there, i probably run Corey Davis out there and, uh, you know, don't feel great about it, but feel okay. He's, a, he's more of a deep threat than Olave, um, and he's going to see more volume than, frankly, Olave or Peoples-Jones. Um, so I, I run Corey Davis out there and take my chances. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people kind of forgot about Corey Davis. Like everyone saw Elijah Moore and they picked up Garrett Wilson in the draft. And this was a guy who, when he was in Tennessee with AJ Brown, he was that wide receiver too. And sometimes he would have better games than AJ Brown. And we talk about AJ Brown so highly. So like, I think Corey Davis is a very solid receiver, and I agree with Caleb here. Yeah, a uh, Trenton asks. If Lazard is healthy, do you go Lazard or Rashad Bateman, Allie? I know I just said my must-start was Bateman, but if Lazard's healthy, I'm putting in Lazard for a couple of reasons. One, and the most important reason, Aaron Rodgers hates his wide receivers. So, 
He might like Lazard. There's still a chance. He didn't drop anything last week, so I'm putting Lazard in on this. But um, another reason it's a rivalry game. You know, it's in Lambeau. He'll be ready to go if he's healthy again. Um, and Bateman, I-, I think he's a good pickup for this week, but I, I think Lazard is your-, is your guy here if he's healthy. Yeah, for me, I I think I lean the other way on, on that one. Um, we saw Bateman, put, he had a fine week in week one. Um, we haven't seen Lazard on the field yet. The situation was kind of weird. He was missing practice. There was They didn't say why. Um, I'm just a little bit sketched out about the situation. I kind of want to see him on the field. Um, but I don't think either are bad options. I I always steer away from playing guys that have the questionable tag, even though I know that means they're probably going to play, but it just doesn't sit well with me, um, you know, if the guy's going to be limited or, or whatever. Um, this one's right up your alley, Luke. Can the Packers finally make a run this year? Well, here's here's the big thing for me. Um, as much as I love Rodgers, Rodgers has to trust his receivers. Even if they do drop 50% of the passes, he has to be able to trust them because, one, the receiving core isn't there this year. They don't have Tay anymore. They don't have MVS. Um, and obviously, he went to Tay a lot last year down the stretch. Tay was top five in fantasy, I believe, in at, at the receiver position. So I think they can make a run if Rodgers decides that he can trust his receivers. They have a defense this year. Um, their defense was pretty solid last year, but it wasn't um, 2010 Packers defense with Charles Woodson and Clay Matthews and all that. But, I mean, with the defense, and as long as Rodgers can get some chemistry going with the two running backs they have in the backfield and Matt LaFleur at the helm, I think they can do it. Yeah, I actually know a guy that uh, fed me the questions ahead of time, Hillary Clinton style, and uh, I was thinking about this question, and my initial thought was no, because their receiving core sucks. So I went back and looked at the past Super Bowls, and it turns out you can definitely make it to the Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl with trash wide receivers. Um, teams have made it to the Super Bowl with Brandon Cooks as their wide receiver one. Um, so I was wrong about that. I fact-checked myself. I could see it. I could see it. Um, as long as they don't have to play the Vikings, um, they might have a chance, even though... Yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson would definitely be clamped in that one. I could, I can confirm. If they, okay, if they decided to play man to man, it's a maybe for me. It's not a definite, but it's a maybe. And I, I think also it comes down to um, Rodgers has got to perform in the playoffs. I mean, I love Rodgers, but from what we've seen from him in the playoffs, besides 2011, the 2010, 2011, he can't perform. His QBR significantly goes down. His pass rating goes down. Everything goes down. And you just got to see him perform in those big games. When you got back-to-back MVP in there and you're expecting him to win the game single-handedly for you, he kind of has to do that. And we saw that the last year that he didn't. Yeah, and I, the year they played the Bucks, it, the second half was just Bucks turnover after Bucks turnover after Bucks turnover and nothing to show for it. Then you talk yeah. about how many points the defense gave up. Well, I mean, they gave you the ball back a couple times, too, and you didn't do anything with it. So, I mean, you're definitely 
that's the X factor for sure. Um, if there's any run to be made, uh, McGuire asks uh, Trey Lance or Carson Wentz. Um, this is super easy for me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> words I wouldn't say unless extenuating circumstances arose. Uh, I'm going Carson Wentz. Um, I am not a Trey Lance believer. Um, mostly because I'm an empiricist and I've never seen anything that would make me be a Trey Lance believer. Um, I didn't watch any North Dakota State games, so maybe against D3 guys, he looks pretty electric. I'd imagine he does. Um, but in the NFL, you know, that's a far cry from North Dakota State. Um, I don't think last week is cause for panic for Trey Lance. Like we've said numerous times now, it was a nightmare of a game um, for everybody involved. But again, there's nothing going for this guy other than hype. Um, there's If you watch his tape, you're not going to be impressed. You're not going to feel like this is a guy you want to run out there at QB in fantasy. And, you know... Wentz had a great week one, and he's in a plus matchup, a plus-plus matchup against the Lions. Um, seems like that game could go really high. Like I said before, they're looking to throw the ball in the red zone. They're trusting him with the ball in his hands. That's backfired on every team so far, but, you know, every team has to find that out for themselves. Um, this week this week and season long, it's Wentz for me. Um, I don't have to think think too much about it. Um, Steve asks, a uh, little unconventional one here, fourth and goal from the one in the AFC Championship game, prime Jerome Bettis in the game. You got to pick an inside linebacker to, and I quote, run up on his ass and stuff up the A-gap. Who are you picking? Don't all go at once. Luke. Um, for me, I'm picking... This is for me a current because I haven't seen everyone else play. But Prime Bobby Wagner. He was very solid at Seattle. Um, obviously led that Super Bowl team and led the league in tackles when we were four years old. Pro. Caleb? So the thing that I think some people may fail to realize is that the question specifies that this is in the AFC championship game. So I'm going to have to go with an AFC championship linebacker. I'm going to say Ray Lewis. This says you with, can pick any inside linebacker. But it's the AFC championship game. Well, the Steelers I'm going Ray Lewis with good. the murder weapon. Okay. In his hand. Okay. Fair enough. As long as he's got money for the settlement, it shouldn't be a problem. That's in the bank already. Ray Lewis stuffing up that A-gap. Give me Roquan Smith on a week when he's not trying to negotiate his own contract because he doesn't have an agent and he can't get a new deal. I feel good about him on those weeks. Allie? Hey, I'm going the weird scenario where the Steelers play the Steelers in the AFC Championship. I'm going with number 55. And no, I don't. 55! I mean, Devin Bush. 
is going to light him up. He's getting run over. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you stuff his dead body in there. Oh, God. <laughs> He's still going to be in the NFL, though. Don't worry. There's, oh my there's God. actually a lot of teams out there looking for undersized linebackers that don't make any plays. Can we turn? All right, that does it for the week two preview. We'll see you after all the action. Good luck in your week two matchups. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fantasy Goats. The O is a zero. Um, you can tweet us your lineup questions using the hashtag AskTheGoats. Good luck in your week two matchups.